Welcome to Amusement Sparks, the theme park design show. I'm your host, Andrew Spawn, and with me today is Austin Carroll, host of Fast Pass to the Past. How's it going, Austin? It's good. How are you? I'm excited to have you on the show. Like, your your podcast is so cool. I really love it. Can you explain what you do on Fast Pass to the Past? Sure. So on Fast Pass to the Past, we take more of a historian view on theme park history, which is more recent history looking at the origins of favorite attractions and theme parks and then other lands and even theme parks that never actually existed and were just in the development phase. So it's really exciting. Uh, We're starting season two in December. Um, So yeah, (laughs) so I'm excited to share more theme park history and trivia with my audience over there. (laughs) Fantastic. And so you like history a lot and you like Disney a lot and theme parks a lot, but mm-hmm. what what draws you to the history side of the whole, you know, universe of things you could do a podcast on? Why history? Sure. Um, I think when you go to these theme parks, a lot of times the history is kind of what, what formed them. Like, no theme park in existence is how it was originally intended. So it's really fun to kind of peel back the stories behind the attractions Theme parks are an interesting kind of art form in that there's so many different personalities and minds that go into creating theme park rides. So it's never just like one person's vision. So I find that really interesting. And also I always uncover some interesting business controversies on almost every episode, which is really fun to explore. She's not just saying that. It's actually interesting. Like, it's kind of cool seeing how one company will come up with an idea and another company will be kind of it loosely, you know, inspired by that idea or someone who designed this attraction for one company will kind of jump ship and join someone else. And I don't know, it's cool to see how the whole industry has evolved, taking inspiration from one another. And I don't know, it's it's just cool. I love looking back when theme the theme park universe was a little simpler because it's such yeah. <laughs> a huge production these days. Like, I don't know, just the early days are so like kind of charming and they were such uncharted waters and so many things just failed horribly because they didn't really know what they were doing. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it, it was really interesting, especially when you look into the relationship between like Disney and Universal. You There's a lot of animosity, mm-hmm. but also most of the time those theme park designers were the same people. So you can see a lot of crossover and it's it's all very interesting. I'm excited about season two. That's, that's going to be awesome. Yes. But, um, once we decided we were going to do an episode of Amusement Sparks together, um, you brought up the topic of the 1920s. And I was like, my mind was very confused by that because it's like, usually people just say like, I like this kind of you know book series. I like this movie, that kind of thing. But a whole decade of history. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, so should we just do like American America in the 1920s? And you're like, no, just <laughs> an entire decade of existence on planet Earth. Um, yeah. Let's make that into a fun thing. It's part. easy. That's... I'm sure it's going to be really easy. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. But um, hopefully Austin can bring some of that historian's perspective and uh, an appreciation for the the fine details about that decade. Because I don't know, there's there's a lot of um, like Halloween costumes that are of things from the 1920s. Mm-hmm. But that's probably not what life was actually like back there. Although there were a lot of larger than life kinds of you know types of people. Mm-hmm. We want to kind of, I don't know, make use of the most interesting things about the 1920s, not just the things everyone knows about. Yeah, I mean, that's why it's kind of interesting to look back at the 1920s because many people think it's like old mafia gangsters and flappers and 
all of these kind of and famous writers, but of course there are there were actual people living in the 1920s that didn't have any of those characteristics. But for the purposes of our theme park, I think it's a little more fun to play to those stereotypes. Um, I think that's what yeah. what people going to a 1920s theme park would look for, kind of like a Renaissance fair nowadays. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. And I mean, every single listener out there has an ancestor who was just kind of doing stuff in 1920 and they probably were not F Scott Fitzgerald. They probably were not Charles Lindbergh. Yeah. They're probably just a regular person, you know, going to work and hanging out with the family and whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's pretty recent history. You know, it's like just about a hundred years ago, but it feels like it was like you said, like the Renaissance fair. Like it almost feels like it's like ancient history to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I think that's really cool about history to realize that, if I'd been born at a different time, this is what I would have been like. And I had family, I have ancestors who were doing things, you know, in this time period. And that was just normal to them. That was, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's just so cool thing about the things that people took for granted back then that seems so interesting now. And then thinking about what things are we taking for granted that are really characteristic of this decade that our great grandkids are going to be like, Whoa, my great grandparents lived through whatever. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I think know. technology it's, it's cool. is already going so fast that we can mm -hmm. over, we can look back at our childhood and be like, what was that? Like CDs. Yeah. What was that? VHS. So it's pretty funny. <laughs> That's so true. We were um, we were just I was at, at work the other day. We were talking about USB ports and how it's like such a cool luxury if you have USB ports like in your wall power outlets. And then it's like, well, in 10 years, aren't those going to be totally outdated? And it's going to be like, this apartment is so, you know, 2010s or whatever. <laughs> That's so Because true. There's, they have USB charging ports in all the walls. It's, I don't know. I don't even it is... have like USB ports on my computer anymore, which is a huge problem because yeah. I'm a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> right? What are you thinking? But no, yeah, you're right. It's evolving so quickly. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. So um, <laughs> 1920s, huh? Yes. Hmm. What do you think How... of when you think the 1920s? Well, I'm not going to lie. A lot of those um, kind of stereotypes we had talked about are what are written down on my paper here. But um, <laughs> I think those are the things that um, a lot of people remember from learning about the 20s in school because there were pretty pictures of, you know, the flappers and of like prohibition and mm -hmm. uh, the spirit of St. Louis and those kinds of things. But I don't know, I, I, the, the whole vibe and like the hairstyles and I don't know, um, transportation. Uh, there's so many cool things about the twenties that, um, are very like characteristic and very kind of trendy, like almost like they're coming back in style again in mm -hmm. a way. Yeah. Like there's a, yeah. Speakeasy bars and I don't know. I feel like jazz is getting more popular. Maybe that's just in my own personal life and not like across the planet, but I don't know. I like that, that era a lot. Yeah, I mean, with La La Land and everything, people are kind of looking for a simpler time and they fall upon the 1920s, even though it was far from a simple time. I mean, it was mm -hmm. in between both world wars and it was right before the Great Depression and people couldn't drink. And although you right. see like Gatsby and everything, the normal person couldn't drink. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. People think it that that's really like a golden era. But in the U.S., right. it was very busy. <laughs> it was very busy. And I think it was very like, it seems like it was a very vibrant time because people had just, you know, survived World War One, and they were looking towards a bright future. Like, finally, we're done with the Great War. We don't have to worry about huge 
you know, worldwide wars anymore. We can move <laughs> on to a time of, of peace and progress. Uh, all right. So if you think about like setting up this theme park, mm-hmm. how are we going to kind of help people transition from their current, you know, 2000 whatever mindset into a 1920s kind of era? Is there going to be a like a costume kind of thing? Are people going to look like they're in the 1920s? Is there going to be a rule against using your phone? What are your thoughts? <laughs> Those are interesting ideas. I think unlike I think some theme parks are a little too strict on not allowing people to wear costumes, mm-hmm. such as Disney and Universal. Um, <laughs> I just think that that similar to more of like a Renaissance fair idea, I think that's part of the fun, you know, dressing up. Oh, yeah, absolutely true. And you could have like, you know, a little um, I, this is kind of I don't know if they'll make enough money for this to be feasible, but it'd be they cool will to make have enough little, like... money for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was just it's not even that big of a thing, but I was thinking it'd be cool to have like an old fashioned like barbershop where you can go and like they kind of style your hair so that you you feel more in the era and less like yourself every other day of the year. That's cool. Um, it'd be kind of fun. And I don't like know. A, there was a lot of Bibby okay. Bobby boutique for adults. Yeah, that's awesome. Just the general ambiance and like, you know, art style, architecture style, music that you hear playing in the street would all lend itself to helping you feel like you're transformed into a new a new era. So yeah, I don't know. That'd be really cool having just just music of the area era, you know, popular like actual songs that would have been would have been popular at the time. Yeah, would be really cool. Um, and the jukebox was invented in the twenties, so like maybe having some kind of feature or having jukeboxes in the the restaurants would be kind of cool. Although I'm sure they were really expensive when they first came out. It's like another thing that's mm-hmm. like a nineteen twenties original that that should be featured somehow. Yeah, and then I think incorporating kind of radio broadcasts would be mm. really awesome over the loudspeakers. Mm. I know Disney does used to do some of that, so that would be really cool as well. Um, just to kind of give people a sense of like where they are and what's happening. They could even be themed to like different shows going on, like breaking news. This show is happening soon or something like that. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and it could be yeah, like um, reporting on things that are actually going on in the in the twenties, mm-hmm. that that could kind of tie into some of the sort of story elements or the themes or, or the characters that we're going to be, um, like accessing and and utilizing throughout the theme park. Like if there's if there's an attraction, for example, that's like the Spirit of St. Louis, Charles Lindbergh's, you know, fly across the Atlantic, mm-hmm. then we could we could kind of do radio broadcast that's like an interview with him or, um. Just kind of, you know, news people mm-hmm. discussing this kind of amazing thing being done for the first time. And, uh, yeah, I think hearing people talk about stuff, like just like a podcast really, mm-hmm. makes you feel like you're in the era. Just mm-hmm. like those people at home listening to this podcast are like, oh, yeah, I'm getting uh, kind of wrapped up in the 20s and in theme park design. Doing yeah. these broadcasts would kind of wrap people up in the 20s and the news and uh, whatever part of the theme park they're heading towards. Yeah, definitely. I think... I just think audio, uh, we're both, we both work in the audio medium, but I think it's just mm-hmm. so such a good way to tell a story, especially in theme parks, when much to look at. Totally. And that might be a good place for us to kind of start um, setting out the, the park itself is what kind of story threads do we want to have here? Like, what are the, the main 
areas you, that you think we should kind of split the park up into? Um, I think it would be really fun to focus on those major metropolitan areas where the 20s kind of took hold and those being like cities like New York and Los Angeles, Paris and Chicago. I feel like Ooh. those are kind of what you think of when you think of the 1920s. And right. you also have the ability to kind of drink around the world as well, which is what I love about Epcot. That's the only thing I love about Epcot. Controversial. Wow. (laughs) Savage. That's hardcore. Wait, did you say you have the ability to drink around the world? Yeah, because if you could, you could basically get a drink in all these cities. Because the 1920s kind of, I feel like this is more of an adult park. Yes, you're right. Kids can come, but like, it's not going to be as fun. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, is prohibition enforced in the, the United States? And so you have to go abroad if you want to get some some of the good stuff yes but there's gonna be speakeasy speakeasies everywhere yay awesome alcohol that's how this part's gonna make lots of money right and i I like the idea that we were we were kind of hoping to be as like sensitive and authentic to the 20s as possible and it's like well yeah of course there's a speakeasy on every block it's the freaking 20s what'd you expect (laughs) yes half the females are flappers obviously it's the 20s like well uh, it is a theme park, though. You know, we got to make money, and people don't really want to dress up like just an average person of the 20s. You probably want to go with the more, you know, uh, flourishy kinds of of uh, costumes. If you're going to be buying a costume of the 20s, it's mm-hmm. going to be something a little bit out there, a little bit more iconic, hopefully. Yeah, basically, it's going to be a sea of flappers if people can wear costumes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's very true. But the architecture um, will be yeah. more authentic. That's true. (laughs) Ideally. And I mean, it's kind of, I don't know, it's like any theme park that tries to have some kind of historic um, uh, suggestion or a historic like inspiration. Mm -hmm. They're going to take, they're going to pick and choose. And if it's going to be totally authentic, then what's the point of going to the theme park? You could have just like stayed at home or like watched the history channel or something We're we're (laughs) going to make it, uh, it's going to be a little bit plus, you know, it's going to be the 20s plus the modern amenities that you're used to. And there's yes. probably going to be air conditioning and <laughs> things that not everyone had back then. We won't have chamber pots. No, no, we'll be reg- no. regular toilets. You have to pay extra for those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, what were the, the cities that you said again? Uh, I said um, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, and Paris. I like that a lot. I was also thinking we might want to do something in Egypt because I know there was like this big uh, trend of like how exciting this new, you know, exotic land of Egypt is and mummies and Mm. that whole. That's true. um, I think there was some kind of big uh, uncovering of of someone's tomb or something in the 20s that really kind of launched all of this fiction about about the pyramids and mummies. And that was a big thing in the, the pop culture, as far as I can tell was, uh, you know, Egyptologists suddenly became a, a career that you could have, yes. which doesn't even really make sense. But it is kind of a, a big trend of what history people were interested in in this historical period. So maybe even just a few attractions where you you get to kind of go explore, you know, some kind of pyramid or some kind of Egyptian uh, ancient structure would be really cool, I think. Yeah, that's really cool. I completely forgot that that was a thing. It's very, it's like the beginning of The Mummy. Have you, have you ever seen that? 
Yeah, um, I don't know. The the first movie? Yeah. I, probably. <laughs> I don't really remember it, but... I just remember, like, was it this girl who's, like, the lead was, like, in a giant shelf, shelves of, like, Egypt uh, books and uh, stuff, and she was, like, on a ladder. Uh, That's all I remember. So it sounds based captivating. based that whole park on that scene. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's going to be completely authentic to the <laughs> Mummy film from 2000. Yes. Uh, love it. <laughs> the original ones actually came out in the 1920s. Oh, yeah. I would love to have a few different movie theaters here. Because um, there were some huge breakthroughs in film in the 20s as far as sound for the most part. I think the first um, film with a soundtrack was released in 1920s. And the first talkies, of course. Um, was it The Jazz Singers? Does that sound accurate? Yes, I, think I was a film but, major, uh, but... Oh, no way! Was, so that does wow. sound accurate, but okay. I'm not going to stake you. my major on it. <laughs> I've, uh, I just have a, this kind of really nerdy board game called Timelines, where you put historical <laughs> events in the correct order chronologically, and uh, no one wants to play with me, so I just end up using it kind of as uh, flashcards for what your um, things... That sounds awesome. <laughs> I, need to, I, I need to create I'm one excited for about it. Oh, that would be amazing. Holy <laughs> crap. Because the ones I have, there's like inventions. There's one about like music and cinema. Um, it's just these kind of mostly pop culture things. Um, and it's like on one side, it has the picture of the event and it says what it is. And the back side, it just says the year. And so you look at the picture and what the thing was and you try to say, okay, was it before or after this item? Was it in between these two? <clears throat> And then as long as you played it in the right place, it's a legal play and you're trying to like play all your cards basically. Wow. But if you that flip it over awesome. and it's the wrong Yeah, if you put it in the wrong in between the wrong things, then I think you have to keep it or draw another card or something and you know, whatever. But it's <laughs> it's a cool cool little historical that's game. That's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's cool. Okay. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um It yeah. is cool. I want it but is. no one would play with me either cuz I would win probably. Ooh, there you go. That's a challenge. Maybe they should make an online version. Yeah. And you could play with like other nerdy people. Then Maybe we, there's an app Then we could it. play. Right. See who's Especially better. the theme park one. That'd be so fun. It'd <laughs> be awesome. Um, that's a really cool idea. Oh yeah, also uh Steamboat Willie. Um mm. you know. Yeah. Somewhat significant. We wouldn't get the rights to that. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Uh, you're right. I mean yeah, nothing Disney made ever is going to go into public domain, I guess. They actually right? changed. I should do an episode about this, but like they are Mickey Mouse. Oh, it's his birthday today, the day we're recording. 90th. Mm-hmm. He looks not a day over 10. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but yeah, that's actually why the whole copyright system changed in the U.S. is because Mickey was about to come into public domain and then disney has a lot of really really high paid lawyers so yeah. they basically blocked that because you're supposed to be after someone's death i think it's around, it was originally like 50 years after their death or so um yeah, that sounds accurate so yeah and like they blocked it so he's gonna basically stay out of the public domain forever even though his creator wow, dead. <laughs> wow. so it's pretty huh. interesting um so, like, whereas it's just funny to think, like, if that would have happened to, like, say, William Shakespeare or something like that, they would have never gone into the public domain. But it took, like, a Mickey Mouse cartoon character for them to hmm. change that. 
Yeah, wow, the power of of pop culture and in a machine that's still running after so long. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I should Cuz yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, if the Shakespeare estate had been, you know, making cartoons in the 20s, then I mean, they might have been able to hang on to that copyright if they had continuously been making more and more stuff. Mhm. Huh. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. So, um what else do you think we should put in this here theme park? Um, well, I love to eat and drink. So Ooh, okay. I would. So basically, when I was brainstorming ideas for this 1920s theme park, I was. My first thoughts were always some. <laughs> had to do with like themed restaurants. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. I love it. Let's go. What, what do you think? Like in the Paris section, it would be awesome to have like Gertrude Stein's house. In Paris, you know, where Picasso and and Hemingway and uh, Scott Fitzgerald, they all kind of congregated at her house. So that would be really awesome to, like, dine there, like, under, like, all these, like, famous paintings. Well, recreations of famous paintings and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I think that would be really fun. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's very cool. And, I mean, just sort of the Epcot thing. I mean, if this is the, the little area that's Paris we should kind of bring some of that Parisian cuisine there as well. Yeah. That's awesome. No cheeseburgers. <laughs> Wait, why? <laughs> there could be cheeseburgers in the other areas, I guess. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. I was. I thought you were going to say that they weren't invented until 1932 or something. Oh, it's possible, actually. I have no clue. But people are probably excited. want cheeseburgers. I don't know much about history of cheeseburgers, so I got really excited for a second. <laughs> Sorry. The food from the 20s is probably not as flavorful and salty and sugary and fatty as what we're used to today, where it honestly just wouldn't be as good to the average person's palate. Yeah. You know, so I think we would have to update that because the other things, um, being a little bit historically inaccurate, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, being as historically accurate as you can makes it feel like very unique and very 1920s. But if you can't find food that you like, you're not going to have a very fun day. Yeah. So, yeah, we might need to compromise pretty hard on the food, I think. Yes. But, Hmm. I mean, it's easy in the Paris section because we can just do French cuisine, which has been the Uh same for hundreds of years. Right. Yeah, and they they didn't really eat out in the 20s. So a lot of of the cuisine was very, like, was home cooks, homemade. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. Because eating out didn't really become a thing in America until the 50s. True. And then Paris, right. they did eat out, but it's Paris. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good point. And if anywhere in the U.S. is going to eat out, it would be, you know, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago. But even so, I bet a lot of people ate at home. Ooh, you huh. know what was invented in Los Angeles in the 1920s? No. Uh, the French dip sandwich. Oh. So we can at least have la la. one sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> And we can do, we'll get our, you know, sandwich R&D team together to uh, figure out the most appropriate meals in each area that are still kind of themed to what people would have eaten back then, but, um, you know, fancied up a little bit so we can jack up the prices and uh, make people happy. Yeah. I mean, you don't even have to fancy them up in theme parks. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> that's true. They can't yeah, go anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> we got a captive audience and a hungry audience, mm-hmm. and they need their cheeseburgers. And they're drinking a lot, so they're going to eat. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, I think the speakeasies are a natural uh, thing to talk about next. Um, and I feel like those will be much easier to accomplish in a way that satisfies everyone and is somewhat historically accurate. 
Because mm. I think a lot of uh, a lot of cocktails from that era, people would be kind of excited to get maybe a modern twist on those old-fashioned uh, recipes. And I don't know, just I feel like the whole, you know, liquor scene uh, hasn't changed a ton during this, the, you know, intervening 100 years or whatever. Yeah, I mean, the cocktails that were popular then are popular now or making a comeback um, for the mm-hmm. most part, like the Manhattan and um, Old Fashioned and uh, Hemingway Daiquiri, which is like a less sweet version of those daiquiris that you get out of the spigots at beach bars. <laughs> <laughs> Yum. <laughs> no, totally. You're right. And I think that um, we can just make the, that area can be very authentic where it's pretty well hidden. And because you don't want to have like a neon sign that just says, you know, speakeasy over here. You need to give it a little bit more charm, a little bit more flavor to that and kind of well, try to keep them secret in a way. I thought it would be fun. This might be a crowd control disaster, but I would <laughs> thought it would be fun if like in like the Los Angeles speakeasy or whatever, there would be like a ride that was based on the downtown Los Angeles tunnels that were open during prohibition that shuttled oh, booze cool. from each speakeasy um, to like the corrupt government officials. So it's pretty fun. So I thought it'd be cool to have a ride and then have that exit in a speakeasy and you can only get to the speakeasy if you ride the ride. Oh, that's great. But no, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> I love that. It'd be pretty fun. And that's like yeah, a exclu- totally. more exclusive one. Mm-hmm. So you have mm-hmm. to get there early, I guess, because it would probably get a really long line. Yeah, true. And I think we could have a ton of speakeasies and then just not have them operational until we need it, until, you know, the first one's full, then the second one opens up and there's a new password in circulation out there to get into this other speakeasy. Happy. And that kind of makes it feel interesting. Like you can just wander down an alley assuming, well, there's going to be a speakeasy back here because it's the 20s. But if it's not very busy that day, you know, all those potential speakeasy spots might be closed. And, you know, you do the special knock on every door and there's literally no one in there. So it just feels like, well, maybe it's there's no speakeasy. It feels a little bit more mysterious. And maybe like, I, I thought there was one here. I thought last time we were here, we went to a, a bar right here. And it's like, well, no, maybe it's moved on. You know, maybe they're mm. um, in hiding or whatever. Like, That'd it's be kind cool. of a, a, yeah. a cool thing that they aren't always as reliable as like a modern day bar which you know le- operates legally and everything it doesn't have to worry about hiding out and um having issues getting a hold of alcohol because of whatever crackdowns or just a more um i don't know everything today has such a a steady supply chain when it's like what do you mean you're out of this one thing like what does it mean to be mm-hmm. out of inventory on an item like that never happens the last 20 years but back then i'm sure it was a pretty shaky experience once in a while getting a hold of liquor if you're a speakeasy because yeah there's a lot more people trying to stop it um from happening yeah i think it would also like maybe this would be a fit for chicago because i know chicago was so so um you know dangerous and busy with illegal activity uh, sure. At least according to the movie Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it would be really fun to kind of have like either like a moonshine distillery or like a secret brewery in the park. Because mm. I don't know. I know theme parks have breweries and I think that would be so cool. Oh, yeah. Love bre- That's pretty neat. Like brewing like more authentic, like what beer would be like in the 1920s. Yeah. And you could maybe have that 
either, you know, hidden somewhere in the city or it could be an attraction that takes you out into the country a little bit into some, you know, little like shack in the mountains. And they're like, not that they're making moonshine, but like that they have this little hidden spot where they're Mm -hmm. making the alcohol. Yeah. That's really neat. What a cool theme for even just if, you know, aside from the theme park, if someone needs, wants to open a brewery, do it like prohibition era style where you're like trying to hide stuff and everything's kind of disguised and that's really cool yeah it captures the imagination i think that's why people uh, are kind of excited about the prohibition era because i don't think a lot of people like the idea of not having alcohol although (laughs) it might have some benefits to society if it's not around but i don't know probably not Uh, who, who knows um but i do think it's it's a captivating part about the 20s that people would want to see that experience and in a way once something is against the rules it's that much more fun to do it so advertising publicly you know no no liquor in the park or whatever and then there's all these speakeasy that sell alcohol it'd be kind of a fun dichotomy where it's like i thought this theme park didn't have alcohol yeah no they do but that's just uh you know till buzzfeed does like a roundup and they're like here's all of the places to get alcohol (laughs) right totally that'd be cool especially if there wasn't like a printed map and yeah it was more like kind of like a list of things and you kind of have to figure it out. Yeah. I think that'd be really neat. Pe- or People don't look at the maps anyway. Trust me. I worked in guest relations. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's true. They don't have time for that. They're just like paper. Would... They just, they just, yeah. they're like, I got the it's paper, but where is everything? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a fun job. Um, but yeah, it'd be neat if, if, I don't know, there's some kind of, password like written on a handrail while you're walking up to an attraction and then if you say that password to one of the employees of the park they'll give you like an address or they'll give you the time when the speakeasy opens or or they'll give you another password to go to this place like you kind of have to ask around yeah um it'd be kind of a cool idea that'd be cool or listen to the radio broadcast oh yeah there's i don't know if they'd be like i don't know how deep we want to get if we want to do like coded messages or something like that or just kind of um have the radio personalities kind of reference some kind of cool event and then they're like being very vague about it mm-hmm. and uh but then you can figure out through context clues where they're talking about and go there and it's a speakeasy yeah that would be really cool i would like that mm-hmm. people would get really confused but i would people like would get really confused <laughs> and and then you know the people in who are there to like help the guests would have to like answer all these questions or I don't know. We're just stacking up. Of, just yeah, yeah. People that's everywhere. <laughs> there are just a lot of people who go to theme parks who are like very demanding, and I just want a map of all the speakeasies. Like, how hard is that? It's like, well, but but our theming is that like you know it's prohibition, <laughs> and so like w- the authorities wouldn't advertise a. I don't know. Yeah. People, people are tricky sometimes, <laughs> so maybe we do have a map that's got everything on it, but that's only for, you know. The can I speak to the manager people? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I also think kind of on that vein, I think it would be cool to meet some of these like real and imagined characters of the 1920s, like meet and greet style. Like we don't have any princesses, but it would be cool to to take a photo with like, say, um, like uh, Gadsby or like Amelia Earhart or Charlie Chaplin, I guess, or uh, Al Capone. That would be really fun, mm-hmm. but also terrifying. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, totally. But yeah, he could totally have a, a speakeasy presence. That'd be really legit. 
Oh, yeah, that would be um, cool. Like, wandering characters. Like, they appear yeah. in the speakeasy sometimes. Oh, that's awesome. That would be cool. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds of cool, like, historic figures that, that could, I mean, it would make sense for them to be doing, like, a publicity tour because, like, they were well-known for things. Like, the guy who um, fit, came across that, that tomb. Um, or, yeah, Charles Lindbergh. There's so many cool people that would be like celebrities at the time. So it makes them make sense for them to be walk around characters who are like signing autographs and stuff. Yeah. And I think universal does this pretty well with like movie characters, um, like Marilyn Monroe walks around and that kind of stuff. I think it could be fun. Yeah. It'd be so cool to have a, a, you know, a young Walt Disney, (laughs) you know, I don't know if we'd have to change his name or what, but, but just having that, that character. Yeah. Um, just I don't know I love that early early Walt Disney's uh successes and failures are so interesting to look back at his origins and then just see I don't know his life is such a fascinating thing yeah I was actually just talking to someone about this yesterday how you know like and you know he just kind of seems like this perfect man like because he's so he's gone down in history and a whole generation, two generations grew up like watching him on television. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know, but I mean, he was a man. He had some failures and some interesting oh, yeah. beliefs, but yeah, I find, I found out a lot of them doing my podcast. <laughs> right, right. Totally. This, this podcast actually before it was about theme park design was, was like a search for the next Walt Disney or the, just answering the question is there, could there be another Walt Disney, another mm-hmm. person who has such a huge impact on, on the world as far as like pop culture goes. Mm. Um, it wasn't that interesting of a question. I mean, it was for a little while, but then I was like, I don't think this could be an ongoing series necessarily. And it kind of evolved into this. It's like, well, what if we just kind of explore these different pop culture pieces and then maybe kind of talk about the people who created it and, and their impact and things like that. But yeah, I don't know. He's, he's definitely a fascinating person. It'd be cool to have him as a walk around character. I don't know um, that he would have been a huge celebrity, but people would have recognized Steamboat Willie, at least by the end of the twenties. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, he did get an Academy award in the 30, 1930, I believe. Um, That's so awesome. that was like the first time people saw him. Um, Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but what kind of rides do you think? would be um, in this theme park yeah i think I, I definitely think uh the spirit of st louis would be really boring but i think it's something that people would kind of look for so maybe we should have something that's that's kind of you know a flight you know airplane based attraction that's just called spirit of st louis you don't actually have to fly across the atlantic because it's just pretty much a straight shot but doing some more fun aerial maneuvers and things like that would be really cool and maybe it's after he's done the actual flight mm-hmm. and he's just going on like, you know, publicity tours and like flying people around in his plane just to kind of, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, as a part of his tour, it'd be kind of fun. It could be like either soaring style or more of like a roller coaster. Lots of ways that you can do a flying I think attraction. I, I'm totally with, yeah, mm-hmm. either one of those would be really fun. Yeah. And super cool. And you could do the little goggle helmet and stuff like that. Or, you know, Amelia Earhart would be very similar. Um, the also the first uh, liquid fueled rocket was uh, invented or f- successfully flown or something in 1920s. So wow. <laughs> that'd be kind of fun. I don't know if we want to actually put humans on it because I don't think they had humans on it. It was just like you know a small little rocket, but 
that definitely would work as a theme for a, a roller coaster. Yeah. Or like some kind of, you know, launch attraction. Or like the theme for like the nighttime fireworks or whatever. Oh, that's really cool. That could be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Because they call. didn't have a ton of fireworks in the 1920s. They had fireworks, but obviously not to the extent that we see at theme parks today. Um, yeah. So. I mean, they even had fireworks like way back, like in uh, in Lord of the Rings times. So I'm sure they've been around before the 20s. Oh, what decade was Lord of the Rings in? <laughs> I actually don't. I don't think that was in our, our chronology here. I don't think that's canon anymore for uh, Earth history. Um <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me think. Other er, attractions. I had one. Oh, I was gonna say something about the stock market crash, but oh. I don't want to get too dark and too sad. Um, although a lot of people probably experienced some physical thrills of of the dropping sensation that day. I don't know how we want to represent that in a safe, non it's power of terror, terrifying way. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah, or maybe like time savings. It's like a metaphor for like you know, a chart um, showing, you know, general ups and downs of the economy and then this, like, huge drop at the end of the coaster. So it's, like, a really nerdy uh, roller coaster based on stock prices or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, know. we do have a New York section, so... Oh, there you go. And, I mean, that one doesn't really make sense thematically. Like, why would someone ride on the graph of uh, how stocks are doing over time? But, hey... Roller coasters never event. work thematically. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> I I don't know. I think we're being we're doing okay so far. But it's funny I that mean, you went so dark because I mean I also like I was thinking like attractions for Chicago and I like was like a shooting game and I was like wait <laughs> that's weird like <laughs> I was like the mm-hmm. mafia was big so a shooting game like Toy Story Mania but people yeah. and I was like wait that's pretty dark <laughs> that is pretty dark but I mean it could be like. Target practice for the police, maybe? That's still really oh, dark, I, guess I realize. That's better. But, but, I mean, ethically, I don't know if it's that better. Yeah. I mean, the gangster. In the 20s, it's kind of cute, though. They probably have, like, little hats or something that police wore back then. They do. At least in the city. I don't know. Yeah, I just think, like, you know that scene in The Godfather? It was, like, mm-hmm. a shootout in the cops. The like, I think the Thompson submachine gun was invented in the twenties. I believe it was. Uh, it was. That's fun. That's Come on, fun. kids, play with this. Yeah, <laughs> this authentic. Like, this is more of an adult theme park. Oh, you're right. But you're like, right. also, like, kids could learn so much about the 1920s, like, like oh, no field trips and stuff like that. But then we're like going yes. down all these dark areas. <laughs> right. Yeah, you, that's totally true. But I do think it would. Uh, help spark kids' imagination and hopefully their interest in the 20s and desire to do to do research or do school projects about it yeah. more. And history and in give general. It, uh, what'd you say? And history in general. Just yeah, simple. totally. That's very true. I mean, just like Renaissance fairs, I do feel like that captures a certain part of uh, the brain of the, not just a child, but anyone really yeah. who hadn't really shown an interest in history. Once you kind of get to play in it a little bit, it makes it a lot more attractive. Yeah, so, and I yeah, did I include cool. some kid-friendly activities in the brainstorm, Ooh. I think. So it was Well, like, do go on. <laughs> like, um, in the Paris section, I think it would be really cool to have, like, the Luxembourg Garden, mm-hmm. where Hemingway used to, like, grow it on park benches, but that's another story. Um, but, like, have, like, you know, like, wow. ice cream carts and, like, a Parisian puppet show. 
like from that 101 Dalmatians, I guess. That's where <laughs> that was coming from. <laughs> it's probably a real thing other places. I don't know. Kids like puppets. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, I do think a lot of the, the main stuff in the cities won't be very exciting for a young person. I don't know. Just because even in modern times, the main parts of cities aren't that interesting to young people. It's just kind of, yeah, there's a lot of traffic. Yeah, there's a lot of people, but, you know, where are the toys? It's like, it's a little bit more serious and people are like wearing suits, but a lot of the other stuff is a lot like today as far as what's going on around downtown and yeah. things like that. Well, I think like in hmm. Chicago, there could be like, you know how the the, yeah, the Chicago Tribune was like such a big newspaper back then. Maybe there uh-huh. could be like a play area so they could like make their own papers. Aww. That's cute. That's really fun. That's fun. Yeah. I we had this thing when I was a kid in Florida. Um, it's no longer there, which is a huge problem. But it was called a wanna do city. It's like wanna do city huh. where kids can be what they wanna be. That Aww. was the theme song. And it was kind of like an amusement park where you for kids where you got to like try out all these different professions. It was oh, really wow. cool. It was like in a mall. Now it's replaced with like outlets. But Aww. it was it was really, really fun. So I think like having those kind of elements in the park as well could be fun for kids. That sounds super awesome. Yeah. I really love those kinds of hands on kind of things. Like I love science museums and like children's museums. Just I don't know. There's something so magical about that, about getting hands on with things and and experiencing like what it's like to kind of follow something that your teacher's not telling you to follow, but is still really captivating to your intellect. Yeah. I think that's really sweet. Yeah. I think that could be fun. Mm-hmm. I think that was thing... all the kid oh, stuff ahead. that I thought of. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I think um, the World's Fair in general has kind of tried to, to cater towards most, you know, more demographics. It's not just about the latest and greatest in science. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is kind of, here's some cool new food ideas. Like here's the waffle cone for ice cream. Like a lot of those things kind of debuted at world's fairs. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be more family friendly. And the 1923 world's fair was in Los Angeles and it was about a oh. um, large focus on motion pictures, as I recall, which um, would make a lot of sense. And then there was a French exposition in New York city in 1924 so there's just kind of, oh, yeah, and then there's one in Paris, France in 1925. So most of our cities have, yeah. like, hosted a 1920s World Fair. So maybe, it would kind of fit. Yeah, maybe the kind of intro, like, hub area should be, like, World Fair. Oh, like Yes. Oh, cool. my gosh, that's so cool. Yes. Who doesn't want to walk into the World's Fair in 1920? Whatever. Yeah, and that's then you so can have, cool. like, corn dogs. <laughs> yeah, you can have, like, corn dogs. <laughs> wonderful as and i hope there's cheeseburgers or people are going to be pretty mad yeah and like you could have all those stores that sell things like new inventions and that kind of idea i think that could be really fun especially because so many theme park attractions like theme park history nerd over here but so many theme park (laughs) attractions came from world fairs like especially Walt disney world and disneyland so it could be really fun i do think they have a big you know impact on just kind of what theme parks became um it's like, here's a way of kind of showing this fun little novelty um, in a very practical use case that can we can put a lot of people through quickly. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, a, a, an attraction at the World's Fair. That's also what a theme park is. Here are these new little innovations that you've never seen before. 
bringing that kind of novelty factor. And it's also a place we can just pump a lot of people through quickly. So yeah, there's a good connection there. And I think that's a lot more fun than doing a really calm, just main street kind of thing Yeah, where you can just walk around and there's shops and stuff. It's like, yeah, but it'd be more fun if, you know, there was a, you know, carnival barker type people and like new little attractions and foods being sold. And it's a lot more lively. I feel like there'd be a lot more like, yeah, it makes sense for there to be live music and a lot more commotion going on than if you're just walking down the street of some city in the 1920s. Yeah. I'm captivated by that. That's a wonderful idea. I love the idea. Definitely. We would have to take out some of the weird stuff that was in the 1920s world fair, but (laughs) yeah, that's, I mean, there are definitely some parts of the 1920s that'd be nice to gloss over. (laughs) Um, But then again, it's kind of nice to recognize those and shine a light on the ugly bits so that we can, remember them and not repeat them and uh yeah that'd be good yeah i don't know there's there's like they like took an indian school because there were indian schools back then and they shuttled them to the world's fair and they had them sit there and be looked at for two months oh my god yeah that's super weird it was super weird it's so weird so yeah probably not that more like yeah fun fair yeah, totally. But Fun maybe fair. some, like, plaques, like, saying stuff like that. I don't know. Do yeah, have... maybe we could just have, like, a part of the theme park that's just all the dark parts, like, all the sad stuff. Or <laughs> the maybe stock in the market queues. coaster. <laughs> What'd you say? The stock market coaster. Oh, yeah, totally. That would go there. Or, like, the rise of fascism coaster. No. <laughs> the rise of <laughs> communism. Um yeah, yeah, that's why I didn't pick Berlin, which was also kind of a boomtown ah. in the 1920s, because, like, it starts yeah. getting a little weird. So. Yeah, true. So. Um, I also think the KKK had its peak as far as um, membership in the 1920s. I don't know if we want to have an attraction for that or, like, a dress-up area. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume probably not. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'd, we'd make, we get a lot of publicity doing that, but I don't know that that's, um, what we should do. Yeah, maybe like Although, a vintage uh, movie palace about, like, the classic monsters ride or something like that. Ooh, that's really fun, yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's cool. It'd be fun to have, like, a little, kind of a boardwalk with just some kind of fun little things like that, like little attractions. Um, mm. I can't think of, well. Oh, like Coney is, Island? I was going to say, when was Coney Island? I think that was around this era, right? Probably a little earlier. Yeah, I think it was, like, up and running. Yeah. But it would still be cool to feature that as a another place to just kind of put attractions that don't fit thematically. It's like, well, the theme is this is a theme park in the 1920s, so boom, now it's on theme again. Yeah, and especially because we have, like, that New York area. Mm-hmm. So that could be really fun. Let's see. Nine... Yeah, it was happening. Coney Island was happening officially. Sweet. (laughs) No, that's really cool. And I think the, (laughs) I think the um, the uh, attractions on at at this kind of you know pier or Coney Island or whatever would be more fun and more high thrills and also a lot safer than actual attractions from the twenties. But yeah, still in that kind of theme and that kind of style would be really fun. Yeah, and I love I love the idea of of taking that kind of Steamboat Willie kind of like Cuphead style of that early Fleischer Brothers animation and using that for for the the publicity art and like just kind of the art style being kind of hand drawn animation and art deco and just the art style of this place I think would be off the hook. 
yeah. incredible. Yeah, it would be really cool. I mean, just the materials. So dapper. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> it would basically be like awesome. dapper day all the time. Oh, totally. Dapper day every day. Um, um, but if we're in New York, time. we have to do something related to The Great Gatsby, which is every mm. guy's favorite novel, if you ask them. <laughs> That's fair. Because they read it in the last seventh one grade. they remember reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's oh, only 120 a pages or so. Right. Right. But yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, the, maybe the uh-huh. wild card car race or whatever that yeah. is how it ends. That could be pretty cool. Totally. And a, another part that could go in the the dark area or the tragedy of the, the 20s or whatever. I was thinking about doing a, a bootlegging police chase attraction. That'd be kind of another fun car one. Yeah. It'd be pretty thrilling and might be able to end in a... Um, in a speakeasy that's only accessible through that attraction where it's, you know, we made our delivery successfully. We evaded the law and now we get to help carry these crates of liquor into the, into the speakeasy. Yeah. I think that could be really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love car rides. I feel like in the 1920s people were just beginning to become obsessed with automobiles. So mm-hmm. it kind of fits to have a lot of more car themed more transportation themed even with the the plane ride you were talking about earlier yeah true and then yeah and i would love to have like a a great gatsby theatrical show i love like in mm. walt disney world you know the beauty and the beast show and the frozen show and disney california adventure so i think it'd be really fun to have like a gatsby theatrical show in the theme park that's awesome yeah any any um literature from the 20s we could do kind of stage productions of because that could be thematic you know that's probably what the performing troops of the time were were using so it, it fits yeah. thematically and it's a way of representing a significant novel without making people stop and read it you know uh, i think that's really cool um yeah and then also we should have live jazz a lot yes please <laughs> and swing that. dancing Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lindy Hop. That's wonderful. Yeah. Super cute. That's a really fun idea. I think I love the idea of having, like, I, I was in, like, a swing dance group in college, and I think it's just so fun, you know, walking up to a public public park or whatever that's usually just kind of three people walking around, and there's, like, 60 people swing dancing there. It's, like, there's so much life and so much vibrance in that, and it's a really fun social thing, too. It's, like, I literally don't know anyone here, but someone's going to like kind of grab me and we're going to start dancing. So that'll be fun, I guess. Yeah. It's like, it's a really cool um, icebreaker and just a way of meeting people and figuring out some new movements and dance is such an underrated thing in general. I think having a place to do that in public without feeling like embarrassed or this is weird. It's like, you know, it's a roaring twenties. Like everyone's doing it. It'll be fun. Come on in. You're going to like enjoy this. I, I think that's really magical. Yeah. I think that could be really fun, especially like in Chicago or wherever, where we can have like a real like jazz club, like they were mm-hmm. in the 1920s. Be pretty fun. That's great. And there's music everywhere. So, so once you learn a few swing dance moves, you know, you and your sweetheart can go dance throughout the park and it'd, it'd be kind of cute and a little hyper realistic for the 20s. Probably there probably weren't people just walking down the street dancing, but but, you know, if this is the, the theme park version, that, that can happen. Yeah. I think it would just be really fun. I feel like this is, like, the perfect park for, like, a date night. 
Oh, no kidding. Wow. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it's only think... open at night. <laughs> Ooh, that's an interesting idea. Like it's an overnight theme park. Overnight theme park. Like a, Ooh la la. You know, so it's like opens at like five and then it like closes at like two. Like last Or maybe call. there's just hotels like, you know, because there is some somewhat a focus on drinking. It's like you, you know, you get a ticket and then checkouts at 2 p.m. tomorrow. And so that's that's an interesting way of setting it up and having the expectation of like you're going to get a hotel room, right? <laughs> like you're not going to be driving, so why not just have a lot of fun and live it up? Yeah, I mean, I would love for it to be that. I think that's really cool. I think that's something that hasn't really been explored too much in US theme parks. Like yeah, the idea that it's, it's a, all about kids. Yeah, yeah, that it's like kind of a week. It's more like a cruise ship kind of feel. Like there's mm-hmm. there's 1920s cruise things, so why not a 1920s theme park where you're kind of expected to stay overnight? Especially because like we have such crazy like lands, like you could stay in a Parisian hotel or oh, or like cool. a New York like a plaza recreation, you know, like in the New York City. Yeah. Could be really cool. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic, and you could have kind of a um, in in the Egypt area. You could have, and, and I don't know that. Oh, whatever. We're just trying to like replicate what people thought about Egypt at the time. Cause I'm always like, it, my instinct is to be like, it's like back up and think about like things from a sensitivity perspective. And like, I don't know if we want to, mm. uh, teach more people that like, you know, mummies come to life and like Egyptian culture is about, you know, making mummies and creating these like weird immortal monster things. Cause that's totally not realistic whatsoever. Mm. But I do think it'd be a fun kind of uh, escape room kind of thing being set in that, you know, a night in the tomb or whatever. It would be a really cool theme that could fit and be a really fun thing to do after it's dark outside and it's a little bit more Halloween-ish in, in that part of the, the theme park. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be really fun. I can't do escape rooms because I get really claustrophobic. So, ah. but I hear that people like them. <laughs> oh yeah, I I love them, but yeah, some of them can be a little claustrophobic. But maybe it could be also, more like a maze. Yeah, and a lot of the ones that I've done that I thought were really cool started out in somewhat of a smaller space, but at some point you open this door and it's a much bigger area than you thought. Hmm. Um, so generally, the ones I've experienced over time open up more and more wide. Like you start out kind of bumping into each other a little bit until you find like the first thing, and it's like oh. Oh, whoa, it's this whole other area over here. Or it goes downstairs, too. That's so cool. Um, Mm. But, yeah, definitely expanding it out. Because I do get that as claustrophobia is a real thing. And uh, it would let us, you know, fit more people in, too, if it's a bigger thing. If it's, like, a maze. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah, like an Egypt theme. And I think that that's okay because, I mean, it would be based on the architectural, uh, sorry, archaeological discoveries. Right. Totally true. And, you know, maybe not even have any kind of supernatural elements. People are just kind of psyching themselves out, knowing that this is this ancient tomb that's been recently uncovered. There's got to be, you know, something creepy going on. Yeah. But, you know, maybe not. Maybe it's just this wall fell over and now you have to find another way around. Oh, that would be scary. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) Universal used to have kind of a a walkthrough attraction until very recently it closed. Um, we would kind of walk through like a tomb kind of thing. It was really wow. cool. And they had like water on every side. And yeah, I think something like that could be really cool. 
I can't believe yeah. they closed it. It was so sad. It sounds awesome. I've never heard of that, but it sounds really cool. It was in the Lost Continent area. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's what it was um, called, maybe. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, the, the Summer Olympics were, were in Paris in 1924? wonder if we should do something Olympic-ish or sports-ish, because I know baseball was really big in the 20s as well. Yeah, that's true. And that's funny. I'm not hugely everything passionate is... about sports, but oh. it'd be cool. Everything, all these cities, everything happened in these cities. Kind of funny. I know. <laughs> you're, you're totally right that those are like, those were the leading, you know, drivers of culture at this time as far as what people remember as the 20s. But, yeah. Yeah, I would say, yeah, maybe, yeah, an Olympic theme thing in Paris or baseball in New York. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know. I don't know what that would look like. I don't either. And I wonder if we could just have like a sports arena kind of towards the middle somewhere. And then during different times of year or whatever, we could kind of switch around and like every what single, you know, whatever, every Saturday there's a baseball game there where like some teams get to go play there. And um, Mm. it's just kind of an arena that is open to the community in a way, but also a place where you can sell more hot dogs and cheeseburgers and whatever. (laughs) But you could also do Olympic-style events there once in a while. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. Sounds expensive. Takes up a lot of space. Yeah, but, but it's hey, successful it's thing... for fairs. Like, the LA County yeah. Fair has a huge arena. True. So you and could... you could use it for other things, too. Like, um, one of the, like, car-based attractions, you could just kind of have a little car chase where, I don't know, your passenger or something yeah. driving around in that area. It, it's a multi-use area. It could be a performance space, too, for are, you know, Great Gatsby performance and things like that. Or even a movie theater at night, you could put it put uh, screens up and show some of those other films. Yeah, I think that'd be great. I think more I think more and more theme parks are building things like that because they realize that they need it. And mm-hmm. it's a great way because right now, I mean, Disney parks, they keep having to build up stages in front of the castles. Like right. whenever they do a broadcast, which is like every couple of weeks now. So mm-hmm. if they had like a multi-purpose area like this in the parks, that would definitely be preferable. Yeah. yeah. And maybe part, you know, half of the exterior is kind of themed like like an old timey um, baseball stadium. And then part of it is kind of, I don't know where the Olympics were, like what building they were in in uh, 1924. But mm. Some kind of cool looking building there, or I don't know, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think. Cool. Yeah, I think that could be really cool. Yeah. Well, are, do you have any other ideas, Austin, that we need to hit before we get out? I of don't here? think so. I think we hit all of them, except that there has to be an Eiffel Tower, of course. Oh yes, that was that was in my head. Like I thought that was unspoken. I'm I'm almost sad that we had to bring it up, but obviously, <laughs> obviously. no. Yeah, there's got to be. And I think a Statue of Liberty would be in order for, you know, New York over there. Yeah. Um, and then Los Angeles would have the, uh, the uh, what do you guys have in Los Angeles? <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> sure. I think we had the Holiday Land sign, so that could be pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Hollywood Land, that's cute. So, okay, good call. Yeah. Um, Chicago. Well done. Chicago has the... Um, Maybe we could theme that one multi-purpose venue to be the Wrigley Field. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's cool. 
That's the only like thing that. I know in Chicago. Sorry, Chicago. That's a, that is a thing in Chicago. <laughs> Good call. Um, and then maybe, I don't know, that boardwalk area could possibly be in Chicago. Yeah, we should put it in New York. Yeah, eh, whatever. It doesn't really... It, can, it all kind of goes together. Like, a lot of these things would be... Like, it's going to be fine blending one into the next because they do share a lot of things in common. Sure. Especially when you're talking about one decade. Yeah. But yeah. merchandise. You can have merchandise mm-hmm. for all of them. Oh, yeah. I love merchandise. <laughs> yeah, but I wonder, I wonder, like, what it would look like, you know, because there weren't exactly T-shirts being sold at every, you know souvenir shop like i don't think there were like souvenir shops back then so would you just buy a new suit when you go to the new york area or like a new hat i mean i don't know what kind of stuff would we sell here um are we breaking the theme no i think we can still sell t-shirts and stuff like that um yeah because like they have those like more like vintagey style t-shirts and sweaters you know that were kind of from more like the Ivy League colleges and stuff like that, that kind of collegiate mm-hmm. style. So that was pretty popular. And then like maybe instead of like ears, we would sell like little hats or something. Oh, yeah. There's got to be a, a big time haberdashery presence because that's a very old timey thing that that those kinds of people who come to the theme park will want to, to look at. Yeah. And then like yeah. things with like the skylines on them of each of the cities from back That's then cool. that could be cool yeah i like that and and maybe we have like a little um kiosk or something that like is actually about visiting new york or like mm-hmm. um having a presence representing what else you could see if you travel to the real new york and then that way new york will help to fund the new york pavilion area and the city of los angeles will help to fund the the los angeles area and that'd be kind of fun getting some like buy-in from the actual cities that we're kind of the satellite campus of yeah i'm feeling some sponsorship opportunities oh yeah (laughs) um i was actually just at the san diego zoo yesterday and i saw that their like skyway station attraction was sponsored by alaska airlines huh so that's interesting i don't know i see sponsorship opportunities i know that's yeah that's what I mean, those usually play a role in designing theme parks. I mean, Epcot's World Showcase wouldn't have happened if those sponsors didn't come in for each of those um, pavilions. That's totally true. I mean, that's where a lot of innovation comes from because, you know, with, with like patents and everything, the kind of the point of patents is to protect people's inventions so that they have a chance to make money from them. If you don't have a business, you're not going to, make much money so like those things all go hand in hand like innovation and capitalism and patents (laughs) and you know mickey mouse not being in the public domain like it all makes sense now it all comes together yeah definitely awesome (laughs) um it does look like the word t-shirt was uh became an official word in the merriam-webster dictionary in 1920 Hmm. but people didn't start really decorating them until like 1950 um, when they started screen printing, because before that was just like, that's kind of a, an undershirt you would wear. And I think just selling white t-shirts wouldn't really be very popular, but we can, we can fudge it a little bit. Can we fudge can... it. Yeah. I've... Yeah. Cause people Let's are going to want to take home like a shirt that says like, I drank it and all the speakeasies at the theme uh-huh. park or whatever, you know? That's cool. <laughs> Absolutely. It'd be kind of fun if we had like fake police officers around and like if you're wearing your shirt that says like i drink at this speakeasy then like they might 
pull you over to the side for questioning or whatever. Yeah, kind of like the stormtroopers you... in Tomorrowland. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. That'd be funny fun. Yeah. Hmm. And you don't want to go too far with that, but it would be kind of fun once in a while. Throw people in. We could have a real theme park jail. You know, people always <laughs> like, there's Disney jail. Right? Have a real jail. Yes. And there's not, there's not a Disney jail. Are you sure? I'm sure. Because that's what they want you to think, and I'm sure that's what they're they're paying you to say on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, when I worked in guest relations at Disneyland, at least, the Anaheim Police Department has their has an office in the backstage of Disneyland, so they would take huh. you to the real jail in Anaheim. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were saying, like, no one ever gets in trouble. It's the, the greatest place on earth or whatever, no. the happiest place on earth. There's just no jail but on property. If you really do I something see. that bad, you're going to you go to the real jail. jail. Perfect. <laughs> Okay, good. Not Disney I believe that. jail. Right. You'll probably just get kicked out, though. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I think this seems like a very fun, charming, uh, dapper kind of theme park that hopefully will open people's eyes to the joys and horrors of the 1920s uh, without being too stereotypical. It sounds so awesome, but I do think it'd be good. I think a lot of people like the idea of kind of being able to experience tourism and it's almost like time travel tourism yeah. to experience these cities in a different decade, like a hundred years ago. Like that's so magical. Yeah, I think oh, I think people really like it, especially with like the gangster element and the flappers and being able to wear costumes and then like having everyone's favorite book. I think people would like it. <laughs> <laughs> right, everyone's favorite book. I swear awesome. you, you can ask like ten guys in their 20s yeah. and they'll be like great gatsby is my favorite novel <laughs> i'm totally with you i i think that's that's a fair statement but i think that's because there's so many cool alternative forms of literature that that a lot of people get get their kicks from like graphic novels or um <laughs> you know fan fiction or um youtube you know those are all different forms of modern literature and music and video games and um, et cetera. And podcasts. <laughs> hey, podcasts. Podcasts <laughs> are literature too. There you go. Sweet. And speaking of podcasts, uh, season two is coming out, what, next month? Is that right? Yeah, fast next past month. Past? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait for that. Yeah. It's such a cool show. Um, listener, you're going to like it if you like this show at all. Um, you'll probably like it more than this one. So it was nice knowing you and, um, <laughs> <laughs> enjoy i'm sure that's over not being... true it's so different <laughs> it is so different you're right but i don't know and just because the creator of something likes something else doesn't mean the fans of the person that made the thing um will also like the thing that the other person made that the one person liked that made the first thing um i think you got a little but... lost there <laughs> <laughs> i got lost really early in that sentence but um i just kind of went with it but I like the show a lot, so I hope you too, you too, too. Um, and if you don't, then I'm sorry. And just come back to Amusement Sparks. In three weeks, we'll have another episode. Yay! Yeah, you can just, like, write me terrible how much you hate the podcast. That's cool, too. No, don't do that. Okay, <laughs> here's here's the deal. Listen to both podcasts, and whichever one is your favorite, review the other one, give them a five-star review, and tell them how much you like the other podcast. <laughs> and don't even mention the podcast you're reviewing. Let's do it. That sounds wonderful. Um, so where can we go to find more about Fast Pass to the Past on the internet? 
Yes. So if you type in Theme Park History Podcast to any of your, wherever you listen to podcasts, you'll find Fast Pass to the Past. Um, or you can go to themeparkhistorypodcast.com. That's themeparkhistorypodcast.com. Uh, and you'll find all of our episodes. And then make sure you subscribe so you can get our season two episodes, which are brand new and coming to your phone soon, probably. <laughs> Yay. And you have uh, an Instagram and Facebook for that as well, correct? Yes. Uh, Fast Pass to the Past is our Instagram handle. Um, and then our Facebook is Fast Pass to the Past, the Theme Park History Podcast. Well, there you go. Now we all, all have some actionable steps on how we can get more immersed in theme parks and history and all of this magicalness. Austin, thank you so much for being on. That was a treat. Always nice to uh, have a new guest on the show. I love it. Thank you very much for being on. Thank you. It, it was really fun. Bye.